Are you with me? Yeah. Okay. If you brought your Bible tonight, we are going to be in, we're going to start out in the book of Matthew. Uh, it is the very first uh, uh, book in the New Testament. If you did not bring your Bible, we will have it on the Magic Bible on the screen here in a moment. And, um, but before we get there, uh, I want to encourage you guys, like I tell you guys every single week, I want to encourage you to bring a notebook, to take notes, because we say that note takers are history makers, and, and note takers go to heaven, which if you're new here, it's not true, but it sure does help. But anyways, uh, and the last thing is this, before I get started, can I get two claps and a Ric Flair? Oh, yes. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, it says this, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Let your light shine. And I'm preaching this message tonight. We're going to start a whole new series next week. But I'm preaching this message tonight um, geared towards you guys, geared towards you guys who got baptized last week, geared towards you guys who are starting school this week or past week. And, and it's just an opportunity for us to, um, to see what God wants to speak to us tonight when it concerns this upcoming or this school year. So, um, so let your light shine. So if, if our lives were kind of like a traffic light, anybody, anybody driving currently, like anybody hoping to drive soon? Yeah, ho hopefully. Um, so if our lives were like a traffic light, how many, what colors are on the traffic light? Red, yellow, green. So most times, here's what happens. Listen, most times we live our lives according to a red light. And most times we only, our, our life shines red. We're, we're living our lives in the red. And we say, God, I'm not moving or I'm not going anywhere. Or I'm not doing anything until you tell me to go. Like, God, I need clear directions. I need to know exactly what you want me to do. Or maybe some of us are like, I'm just, I'm just not going to budge. I'm not going to go. And, and, and like, we, I won't move. I won't do anything. I won't go anywhere. Um, I'm just not going to do anything. And so there's a lot of people who live their life like a red light. Like, I'm just done. I'm stopping, hitting the brakes right here. This is it. This is as far as I'm going. And then, and then sometimes we spiritualize this and we say that, well, Pastor Jeremy, I'm not stopping. I'm just at a yellow light. Right? And, and my heart is more shining yellow right now. And I'm, I'm just, maybe we're like, I'm just waiting on God. I'm waiting on him for tell me to, what to do. Like, and, and so, and here's what we're doing when we're in that mode. What we're doing is we're telling ourselves, or we're helping ourselves to feel better about not doing anything for the kingdom of God. Well, I'm just waiting. I'm just going to wait till God tells me what to do. That's kind of our excuse sometimes to just to hit the brakes. But here's the, there's only one light that you can shine that, um, that, rec that God recognizes as his light, and that's the green light. There's only one command that he gave us, and that's to go. That's to go. What's that word? What did he tell us to do? Go. To go. See, all throughout the Bible, Jesus is telling us to go. Jesus, he will never, he will never do this. Jesus will never say, hold up, wait a minute. Stop right there. Stop right there. You're, you are telling too many people about Jesus. He will never do that. He'll say, you, you need to cut that out. You're going to offend some people. And, and he will never say, you, you need to stop talking about Jesus. It, it's okay if they just go to hell. He will never say that. 
He'll never say that. Everybody tonight, tonight what we're talking about, if you're taking notes, is called My Light Shines Green. Everybody say, My Light Shines Green. So I'm excited to, to be speaking to you tonight about some of the most important words that Jesus ever said. Um, the words that I'm about to read are actually the last words that Jesus spoke while he was still on this, on this earth. These were the final instructions to his disciples, to his followers, to you and to me before he ascended to heaven. So if you've been around church for, for a little while, maybe you recognize these verses. Um, you've probably heard it called the Great Commission, right? And, and so you can find this. And once again, we're going to jump in our Bibles to Matthew 28. We're going to start in verse 16. Um, and once again, if you don't have it, it'll be on the screen. I, I want you to catch this. So if you're talking to the people next to you, I want you to stop so you can catch what, um, what you need to hear tonight. So Matthew 28, 16 to 20, it says this. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus uh, had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority has on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Several years ago, I was in uh, Denver, Colorado, and uh, we were working, we took a group of students, and we were working with a, um, a, a friend of mine uh, who runs a homeless ministry in Denver. And um, actually, where his ministry is located is called Five Points. And, and in all of Colorado, the area where his church is located has the highest uh, gang, gang rates, the, the drugs and prostitution uh, right in that area where his church is located. And so we went to serve with him one summer, and um, we went to these, um, we, we, he took a team to a park, and we prepared these meals and sandwiches and things to hand out in this park and to, for the homeless. And um, my friend Isaac, he, he's been there for a while, and he's established in this community. Everyone looks up to him, respects to him. Everyone knows him in this community. And um, so we were going around um, passing out food and, and just praying for people and just trying to encourage people. And um, Isaac has this tattoo on his arm of Jesus. And, uh, and I'll never forget this person kind of grabbed Isaac, and he was like, hey. He looked at that tattoo, and he said, I'm really glad that you take that mark so seriously. Lots of Christians will just walk by and not do anything. I thought you were going to be one of those Christians. And it made me think, like, what if, what if all Christians had this mark to distinguish them from everybody else? Like, what would that look like? And I'm not saying we all go out tonight and get tattoos after church. That's not what I'm saying, which, which I don't know. Talk to your parents. But I'm not saying we get tattoos or anything like that. But here's what we do have. We do, if you're in this room and you're a follower of Jesus, we do have this mark. And our mark is our voice and our actions, the way we live our lives. It's by telling others about him. It's doing things for others because people you know know Christians or they maybe it's something that Christ would have done. See, there's something that happens when you meet Jesus that it just kind of creates this spark inside of you that empowers you to go and do his work. 
If you look at scripture, there's a pattern when it comes to people that meet Jesus. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through this tonight, and, and you, can, you can just actually write down where it's found at, and you can look it up. Actually, I encourage you to do that and look it up later. But there's something so significant that happens to every single one of these people that we're about to look at that they, just, they can't seem to help themselves to go out and immediately tell people about Jesus. So in the book of Luke, in your Bible, and... Um, I'm just going to start in Luke 4, and you, you'll be able to see it goes all throughout Luke. In Luke 4, uh, Jesus, he, he takes, there's a demon-possessed man, and he's full of demons, and, and he drives out this demon. He casts out this demon in this man, and so Jesus, he was teaching in the temple, and a man who was possessed started screaming at Jesus, and Jesus healed him. And then in that moment, word spread about Jesus all over the place. In Luke 5, write that down, Luke 4. And then in Luke 5, Jesus comes to a man with leprosy. And, and Jesus asks, he said, are, are you, are, do you want to be clean? Do you want to be healed? And, Jesus, and he says, yes. And so in that moment, Jesus healed him. And Jesus tells, tells the man, which, which is interesting, Jesus tells that man to leave and to not go to tell anyone about what just happened. But what did that man do? He left and went and told everyone. Like, if you're healed of leprosy, like, you're going to make a big deal out of this. And then in Luke 7, Jesus comes um, up on, a, like, a memorial service, a funeral service, and he raises a dead boy of a widowed woman, and the news spread about him all over the place. In Luke 8, Jesus comes to a man in a cemetery, once again, who was possessed by demons, and he drove those demons. This is a crazy story. I challenge you to re- read this one. He, he casts all these demons out of this one man. He throws them into this group of pigs. And this group of pigs becomes so crazy, so enraged that they go and jump off of a cliff and kill themselves. It's awesome. And they drown themselves. Uh, and, and this man, he was so thankful. And he asked if he can follow Jesus. But here's what Jesus does. He tells him to stay and tell the whole community what he did. Luke 9 Jesus sends out his disciples into all the land, like his followers into all the whole community, the whole area, and he gave them his power and his authority, and what happened, they came back amazed for what had happened. Luke 10, Jesus again, once again, he sends out his disciples, and they came back full of joy because all of the lives that were changed. Luke 11, it's the story of the Good Samaritan in your Bible. And then he ends that one by saying, go and do likewise. And then we're going to jump Luke 17. Uh, Jesus heals another man with leprosy. And he immediately praises God in front of everyone. So I want tonight, and then we're going to look, look at John 4 real quick. And this is the story of the woman at the well. And she meets him. Jesus changes her life in an instant. And she goes into town and tells everybody about what just happened and that many were saved. Anybody ever heard of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, there's a guy in the Bible named Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector, which means he was the most hated man in the whole town. And he met Jesus and he was so moved and he took and he sold everything that he had and he gave it back to the poor. And what he did was he gave back to everyone four times more than what they gave. Like, do you, do you kind of see a pattern going on here? Pattern? 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 That's it. You, you kind of see this pattern going, going on? The series of events taking place 
that happens when you meet Christ, when you meet Jesus, it sparks a movement. It sparks a movement in your life, and the movement is our mark of love, and that others will see God by that mark. And I want you to know this tonight. The movement of Jesus is marked by love. It's marked by love. And, and, and you can't help it. You, it changes your life. It affects you. It see, affects how you see people, how you see your life, how you see your home, how you see the people around you. The movement of Jesus is marked by love. So seeing this, how is it that when we, we think it's okay to see and experience this life change, but not tell anybody about it. Like, why do we think it's okay? Like, oh, I, I asked Jesus to be a part of my life or I got baptized or I've been a part of this or I've done this and, and God moved in my life, but I'm not gonna tell anybody about it. Like, do you realize, like, this is why we call it the good news because it's good. Like, so if someone in this room uh, was dying, or someone, actually, they wouldn't be here if they were in, dying of a rattlesnake bite. And, um, and if they were dying, and you were the person, the only person who had the antidote to the venom, and you just kept it in your pocket. You just kept it for yourself. Like, wouldn't you be just like a total jerk for doing that? Like, why would you keep this to yourself? You meet Jesus. You repent. There's life change, and then you share about it. Like, that's, that's kind of the pattern. That's how it looks. That's how it goes. You meet Jesus. He changes. You repent. He changes your life, he, and you tell others. Like, if you were to ask kind of the average church attender, the average Christian, um, what, the, what's, what is the message of Christianity? You, you would likely hear something along the lines of this, they would probably say something like this. Well, the, the message of, of Christianity is that God loves me and that he loves me enough to send his own son to come and die for me. And, and I want you to know that's so true and it's so wonderful and that is a very, very good thing. That's a very powerful thing because it's true. But, but here's what we do. We stop short right there. We end right there. We, we leave it as God loves me. Here's what he's done for me. And, this is, and so when we make it like that, who is the object of Christianity? Anybody? It's me. No, no, when we make it about ourselves, the object of Christianity is me. See, the, 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 the message of Christianity, the message of our faith is that it's not that God loves me period, as if we are the object of our own faith. This is where people begin, and here's where it gets dangerous, because at, at this point, this is where people begin to walk away from their faith, is because what they've done is they've taken their faith, and they've made it all about themselves, and not about other people too. Well, I didn't get this, or this prayer didn't get answered, or I didn't hear do, this didn't happen, or or this church person hurt my feelings, or this did this, and and so what we start to do is we start to dismiss all of what Christ has done because it's about me. The message of Christianity is that God loves me, so that I I might make Him, His ways, His salvation, His glory, His word 
and his greatness, I may make him known to everybody. Tonight, like he is greater than me. He is greater than me. And, 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 and what we do so many times is we make it all about us. But Jesus is greater than me. So now, God is the object. Christianity centers on him. We are not like the beginning and the end of the gospel or the good news. Well, I'm not the good news. The good news doesn't it begin or it doesn't end with us. It ends with God. It ends with Jesus because it's all about Jesus. I want to challenge you tonight. And, and then we're going to close and we're going to have some fam time tonight. Um, and I'll tell you about that here in a minute. But I want to challenge you to put on Jesus. To put on Jesus. And let me explain what that is. In, in Colossians 3, it tells us that we need to clothe ourselves in Jesus. And so I, I, you, that'll make sense here in just a minute. That we need to put on Jesus in our lives. And so let's read this, Colossians 3, 12 to 17. And like, honestly, like, like as you read this and as you, you begin to know this, 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 these few verses right here are so powerful. Being a follower of Jesus, this tells you so much right here. Let's read it. It says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against anyone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The idea is that the, the church believers is supposed to be the body of Christ. And, and we're supposed to be the body of Christ, not just in this room, not here when we're, when we're dancing and singing and we're celebrating and baptisms and events and like church events and things like that. We are to be the body of Christ outside of these doors, in our homes, in our schools, at our jobs, in our lives. And it's not just something that we read in this book. It's not something we read about. It's something that we live out. We're, we are literally the body of Jesus in the world. Actually, Christians are supposed to be like little Christs and, and, and like people who... Um, I don't like this kind of sounds weird, but like put, no, I ain't not going to say that, but here, here's the best, one of the best compliments that you can receive is this. I found Jesus because of you. I, I saw what God did in your life. I saw how Jesus changed your life and I found Jesus because of you. And, and once again, it's not like turning it and making it about you. And then that's your chance to say, man, I found Jesus too. And he's good, and let's look at who he is. But you might be the only Jesus that some people will ever see. If you're in this room tonight, you're in your public school, you're in your home, you're at your workplace, or wherever, you, whatever it is that you go and do, 
you might be the only Jesus that some people will ever see. You know what I hate? Like, stupid drivers. Like, anybody, like, you've been driving for a while, like, there are some bad drivers. So the other day I was at this, um, I came to this four-way stop, and it was, like, the craziest series of events. All four cars, like, stopped at the same time. So you're at this moment, and you're like, what do we do? Like, who goes first, right? Has anybody ever been in that predicament or something like that? Yeah, you're like, okay, who goes first? So, so you decide to be nice, or I decide to be nice. And like, oh, yeah, like, you, you go ahead. It's like they can hear me talking. Like, oh, you go ahead. Try to wave him on. And, um, and, so, and then they look back at you, and you look at them, and they look back at you, and nobody's still moving. And you're like, go ahead. Like, you go ahead, and they still don't go. And they're like, here's the deal. There's a limit. Um, there's a limit of waves that you get before I just get mad and go. And that's three. And, and so, like, one more time, okay, you, you go ahead. Just still sitting there. And I'm like, forget this. And, like, and then as soon as you begin to take off, they start to take off too, Right? And you're like, oh, really, you idiots? Like, you're, like, yelling at them, like, stupid. Like, where'd you get your driver's license, a Cracker Jack box? Like, so you're, like you're like, really, bro? And, like, there, there are people at the stoplights. This drives me crazy, too, at uh, when the light turns green and people are still stopped and still sitting there and they don't go. And, it, and here's the deal. It could have turned green for a millisecond. And I'm like, let's go. It doesn't matter how long the light's green. As if they're not moving in any way, I find myself screaming like, let's go, come on. Weird way to say this, but do you think this is kind of how God looks at us sometimes? When, when there's life change, when God's done some great things in our lives, but we don't move and we're stuck at red. And we're not telling anybody about what God's done in our lives. Just like we're sitting at a green light. We've met Jesus. He's changed our life. We've accepted him to be a part of our life. We've repented. Maybe we've even got baptized. Maybe we've gone to camps or the event, whatever. What scripture says that needs to happen is that we need to go. But what most times, a lot of times what we do is we're stuck we're stuck and we're focused on something else. We're, we're a lot like these stoplights. There are different kinds of people that represent different colors. There's the people who are stuck on red, not like other way, but the red light. And, and, um, and these people are just stopped. And their view is stuck. Like their, their view of God is like, God loves me. And that's as far as it gets. God loves me. And that's great. That's good to know. Like, I'm good. I'm good with that. Like, and, and I, I like my Jesus. And I'll just go to him when I need help. And, 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 and then there are some people who are at yellow, like at a normal yellow light. And you're always kind of on the fence. Like, do I go? Do I wait? Like, do, do I hit the brakes? Like, I, I, I don't know. And like, you're so unsure. And you're, you, you know you need to go. You know you need to move. But you're not comfortable to talk to others or to show others about Christ. And then there's the green light. And some of you have the green light, and you got it, and that's good, and that's pleasing to God. And I want to encourage you to keep going, to keep driving. I want you to know this tonight. Listen, I'm saying these last few words, and then we're going to have some small group time. Um, 
There is no greater time in your life, and you've probably heard me say this before, there is no greater time in your life where you're going to have the greatest opportunity to make the greatest impact on the world than in your junior high, your middle school, and high school years. Like, you guys are literally in a place five days a week. Yeah, five days a week. That is a mission field. A place that sets you up for success where you can be filled with God's power, be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and have a family of brothers and sisters in Christ there with you. Like, there is no greater time that you have in in all this world, and I want to encourage you to take advantage of it. Simply, and a lot of times we don't because simply because we refuse to go. So I want you to know tonight that for, for God, go is always the expectation. Go is always the expectation. It's always the command.